Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. You're listening to Luke's English Podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.co.uk. Hello and welcome back to this special episode of Luke's English Podcast in which you join me on a walk through central London. Let's recap on what happened in part one. Um, So I recorded this last week when I was on holiday staying at a friend's flat in Stockwell down in South London. And on the day that I recorded this, I needed to go into town to visit the doctors for a couple of immunisation injections before going on holiday to Indonesia. That's right, I'm going to Indonesia uh, at the end of next week, so uh, I needed to get some jabs, some injections, to make sure I didn't get sick. Um, So I decided um, on this day to take a nice walking route to the doctor's Um, taking the underground to Victoria Station and then walking um, round in front of Buckingham Palace and I walked past some royal guards doing their parades. I walked past a guy uh, selling weed in front of uh, Buckingham Palace, which is a very brave thing to, to try and do. I walked past some ducks, some joggers, some tourists and uh, I went across the Mall and then up towards Piccadilly Circus and we ended part one with me walking up Haymarket, which is a street, going towards Piccadilly Circus in order to get some lunch and some coffee in Soho before heading towards Wigmore Street near Oxford Circus for my injections. As I said on the previous episode, London is a very noisy city, especially the centre of London, so I really apologise for any background noise which makes it hard for you to hear what I'm saying. I hope that the noise doesn't stop you from enjoying this trip through central London on a hot summer day. I'm really enjoying sharing this one with you. As I said before, I love London and I love the opportunity to share the atmosphere of London and um, so I hope that you're enjoying it too. In this particular episode, I'll take you through, through some touristy areas, uh, some cool spots in Soho, And we'll also investigate some of the more seedy parts of central London that you might not notice as a tourist. So hopefully that's whetted your appetite and you're curious to find out more. So, you ready? Yeah? Cool. Let's go. Summer in London Watery sunshine A place in the city Where I can go sometimes To get on a red bus and go anywhere See all the sights and not pay the fare Summer in London Right, I'm now I'm crossing over Pall Mall Um crossing over Pall Mall here. I'm just going to walk up uh, uh, Waterloo Place a little bit further. I think I'm going to get to Haymarket. 
um, and then I'll be approaching Piccadilly Circus. Um, and uh, to my left here, in this part of the city, generally on the left it's quite posh and quite upmarket and expensive. The area is known as Mayfair, which is from sort of the bottom of Regent Street, so Piccadilly Circus, to the left to about, say, Green Park, to the north to about Marble Arch, and then to the, to the north uh, east. Um, you've got the top of Regent Street, okay? So that square, that area is known as Mayfair, and it's very posh, very upmarket, very expensive place. All the most expensive restaurants and things are, are in Mayfair. And then um, to the east of Mayfair, on the other side of Regent Street, you have Soho, and um, Soho used to be a sort of poor area with markets and stuff. These days it's like the trendy place. That's where you get like lots of clothing stores, cool cafes, record shops, and stuff like that. In the middle of Soho, there's a street called uh, the Old Compton Road, and that's the sort of the gay, lesbian, uh, the, the LGBT area. You know, gay, lesbian, bisexual, and transsexual area. Um, you know, many cities have got like one of those areas in the city, and it's a it's a very vibrant place. You know, with um, as I said, lots of like interesting uh, shops and cafes and things. It's a good place to just hang around. There's there's all sorts of stuff going on. Um, it's fun. It's a lot of fun, and it's informal. You know, it's not like the formal sort of uh, slightly posh Mayfair on the other side. Um, obviously, there are lots of other parts of the city as well, but in the centre, those are the two of the main areas. Um, so to the south and uh, west of, of Mayfair, you get like very, very nice, very expensive properties. Buckingham Palace is in that area. Royal Parks like Green Park and St James's Park. Um, and then to the east again, if you go beyond Soho, you end up going towards the sort of the towards the city of London. Um, which is where the banks are and a lot of corporate headquarters and business startups and things, the stock exchange and all that stuff. Um, there are again, there are lots of other lots of other parts of London too. Bloomsbury to the to the uh, north of uh, Soho, north east. That's where you find the British Museum and uh, some universities and things like that. Um, I don't have time to cover the whole city, of course, no. But still, it's nice to have a little, little walk through. So, um, I'm just walking up here, we've got... Um, Alright, looks like they're doing a new development on the right uh, of this street. St James's Market. Okay, looks like a new development. Maybe it's going to be a new shopping centre. Just because that's what London needs, isn't it? More shopping centres. Apparently, apparently there's no end to the desire for people to buy stuff in this city. People love, well, people have got to do something with their money, I suppose. Why not spend it on trousers? Um, just on the right of this street, at the top, in Piccadilly Circus, there's a shop called Lily White's. And I would recommend it if you want to buy some cheap sports clothing. You can get some real bargains in Lily White's. Get your, you need to get some trainers or some other stuff like a backpack or something. Go to Lily White's, you'll get a discount. They always, there's always a sale on at Lily White's. You get branded goods like Adidas Puma, Nike t-shirts. 
Lonsdale stuff like that. If that's your cup of tea, if that's what you like, if you like to wear sportswear, check out Lily White. Um, what else? Right, I've got to be careful. Loads of taxis around. So I'm actually on Regent Street now. Um, Regent Street, but to the south of Piccadilly Circus. And uh, I'm now just walking up the hill and just arriving in Piccadilly Circus itself. And uh, as you know, this is one of the most famous places in London. This is like the equivalent of Times Square in New York. You've got um, lots of big colourful advertising billboards, bright lights, video screens, big McDonald's and Coca-Cola adverts and stuff. Very bright. Uh, and in, in the middle there's the statue of Eros, which is like a sort of, it's like a pixie with wings firing an arrow. It's like the, uh, it's like a sort of angel of love or something. Um, and it's quite a common place for tourists to hang out on the steps, take photos of each other, lots of tourists everywhere. Um, normally this place is just a nightmare, it's so busy and I tend to try and avoid it if I can. But I always end up here somehow, just because in order to get from A to B you often have to go through Piccadilly Circus. But I try to avoid it because I just find it to be too crowded, too touristy. But it's a key point because you've got to the east, um, you can walk along uh, the road into Leicester Square, which is where all the cinemas are, all the movie premieres happen in Leicester Square. Um, another road is Shaftesbury Avenue, which goes from here to Charing Cross Road. And uh, on Shaftesbury Avenue there are uh, lots of theatres and musicals and things. Uh, you can also walk up into Soho. Uh, there's a Whole Foods supermarket. We can get like a nice lunch. Um, Regent Street with all its shops will take you up to Oxford Circus. A guy just looks at me, uh, probably thinking, what's that guy doing? Um, but that's uh, alright, it's fine, isn't it? You've got Piccadilly as well, which goes to the west, and you can walk along Piccadilly. You find lots of really nice, um, quite posh places to go shopping, uh, um, like uh, Fortnum and Mason which is where the Queen does her shopping. If you keep going in that direction, you'll eventually get to Knightsbridge, and that's where you'll find uh, Harrods and all of their ridiculous uh, overpriced stuff. I mean, they have ridiculous things, like a watch. you can buy watches there that are worth 30 or 40,000 pounds. I saw once a mouse covered in diamonds. A mouse made of diamonds, which obviously is what everyone needs, isn't it? I mean, it's on my shopping list. Let's see, what do I need? I need some milk, some eggs, some bread, mouse covered in diamonds. Just, uh, an ev just a normal day in the life of Luke. Uh, in the normal day in the life of a, of a Londoner. There's loads of uh, buses here with uh, adverts for movies on the side. Looks like uh, they've made a movie about Hercules starring The Rock. It's probably a terrible film, but I I'd quite like to watch it. Um, Oh God, right, I've got to get out of Piccadilly Circus. This is a nightmare. Okay. Chip on your shoulder. Chips in your mouth. Can you see the old lady? With tickets to town. It 
useful shop here in Piccadilly is Boots. Boots is a pharmacy. It's a common chain of pharmacies. And Boots is great because you can get loads of really important things, all your, all your uh, cosmetics and stuff, but other things that you might need if you're a tourist. Just general stuff like you know hand wipes and moisturizer, shampoo, batteries, uh, umbrellas, um, lots of stuff you can get there. So I'm now walking, I've just walked past Boots and uh, I've got the Whole Foods supermarket just up there, um, N Nespresso shop if you want to get your overpriced coffee. Um, and I'm walking along, um, this is Sherwood Street. Um, I used to perform comedy shows in a pub on this street. There's a pub called the Queen's Head. Just on the right here, there's a theatre, um, and uh, this is the Piccadilly Theatre. And next to that is a pub called the Queen's Head, and that's where I used to perform stand-up shows upstairs at the Queen's Head. Um, I did a show in Piccadilly just a few days ago. I ad advertised it on Facebook. We had a room full of about 35 people. Um, the show's called Ruby's Comedy, and I was the host of the show, and it was really good fun. Good show. Um, I suggested I might be able to share some of it, but I'm afraid I didn't really record it. I got some of the audio, but um, I didn't get the whole thing, but just it's confusing, because when you're, when you're hosting a show, you can't necessarily worry about getting it recorded. The main thing is like meeting the comedians, making sure that they're comfortable, that they know what's happening in the show, um, thinking carefully about what you're going to say, because these people have paid to get into the, the room, so you've got to like prepare yourself. And ultimately, it's a comedy show, so you've got to try and be funny. I mean, in this podcast episode, I'm, I'm not attempting to be funny at all, and no jokes, nothing. It's just a description of what I can see and what I'm thinking. But in a comedy show, you've got to try and be funny like every 15 seconds. Seriously, you've got, to, you've got to try and get a laugh every 15 seconds at least. So it's very demanding and you stress out about the audience. You think, oh God, I hope they're going to find me funny. You try and keep the confidence up. Try not to get too nervous. And just try and deal with like managing the, the room. Making sure, as I said, the comics are, are comfortable. Getting the timing right. Making sure the conditions are good, that the sound system's set up. Um, and then going out and, and uh, hosting the show. So unfortunately, I don't always have the, I don't really always have the chance to get a proper recording. And the, the recording that I got of the show was not really good enough. Um, so next time, next time, ladies and gents, then I'll, you know, I'll get you, I'll, I'll let you see some of my comedy stuff next time. Um, I've got some videos which I might show to you. But it was good, good show. The audience laughed. Uh, everyone had good fun. We had some really great performers. We had a professional stand-up comedian who headlined the show. Her name is Sarah Pascoe. She's on TV here in, in the UK. She's she's, uh, she's really good. She's just really genuine. She's kind of she just seems to tell the audience about her life, sharing sort of fairly intimate uh, details about the way she grew up and her love life. Uh, and yet, it's just hilarious. Um, she manages to just tell you stories in a very funny way, introducing some jokes and things along the way. Uh, Sarah Pascoe, S-A-R-A-P-A-S-C-O-E, Sarah Pascoe. Check her out, she's great. Um, so that was, the, that was the best part of the evening for me, being able to introduce her onto the stage. 
and then enjoy her 20 minutes of comedy. Right, so I'm now walking along Brewer Street in Soho, and you can hear around me, right, you can hear lots of people talking, there's a lot of hustle and bustle, it's a vibrant place. This area, uh, during the week, is full of, like, professionals. In Soho, there are lots of media companies, media production companies and things. So a lot of these guys would probably work in the media in some way, I imagine. Um, but there are also other offices, all kinds of different things. There'll probably be different sort of um, start-up companies and stuff as well. Restaurateurs, people who own cafes. Just walking past the Japanese supermarket there with all the Japanese products, that's nice. Right, so what I'm looking for now, actually, I'd love a bit of lunch. But before I get some lunch, I'm just going to get a refreshing drink. So I need to find a, just need to find a, a place where I can get um, something to drink. Um, let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Okay, I'm going to I'm going to find something. I know that there's a Starbucks up ahead, but I'm not going to go there. As as I explained before. I'm just going to try and avoid Starbucks today. I'm going to go for a slightly more unique place, I think. We'll go for a local place. So I'll, just, I'll wait and see what I, what I come across so I can get my refreshments. Um, yeah, so it's great being in Soho. This is really cool. All these like brick buildings, sort of buildings made of red brick around here. Uh, cool shops, there's a place there called a Vintage Magazine Shop where you can buy uh, loads of old comics and posters and postcards and like uh, t-shirts and things. Um, a few sex shops here, uh, if that's your cup of tea. Japanese comic book, there's, manga, there's a manga store there. Great one for all the geeks who like a bit of Japanese manga. A few bars. There's a nightclub up here on the left called Madame Jojo's, which is a good place to go on a Friday night. They play lots of funk music, and uh, you can dance around and enjoy yourself, drink cocktails, whatever you like. Another nice thing about Soho is there are lots of little alleyways, right? Alleyways are like narrow little streets um, that go between the main streets. And often these alleyways are the best way to walk around town because you get to see like a different side of London. Sometimes you get little shops in the alleyways as well. Sometimes you get dodgy places that you shouldn't go into. Like, for example, like sort of strip clubs and stuff. I mean, you know, I'm not saying there's anything specifically wrong with strip clubs. I mean, I don't really agree with it myself. I don't really like them. But um, what you should be aware of if you do, if you're up for that kind of thing, watch out for the strip clubs because sometimes they will rip you off, especially little ones in dark alleyways. You might go in and they they say that the entry is, is free or they say that a table dance is just five pounds or something or if it's free but then they completely overcharge you on drinks um, so in my, in my experience just don't bother just don't go into those places um, I'm not speaking from experience by the way ladies and gents I, I never went into a strip club and got overcharged I promise uh, it was actually a friend of mine I know that doesn't sound believable at all whenever anyone uh, wants to tell you about an embarrassing story, they'll always say that it's a friend, but you know, you just have to trust me that uh, that was my friend.
friend. Anyway, I, you know, if I did, if I had gone into a strip club, I would tell you about it. I have been into strip clubs before. <laughs> I'm, I'm now digging a hole for myself, aren't I? I'm a red-blooded man. I've been to strip clubs before, of course I have, with some of my friends. I went on a stag do once. A stag do is a, a party. In America, they call it a bachelor party. A stag do is when one of your friends is getting married and he has a party before he gets married. And typically, you go and do stupid things, like you go and get drunk, or you go to a strip club. So I went to a strip club uh, as part of a stag do once. Didn't really enjoy it because I just felt like just the whole thing was designed to, to just take my money. I know that they say strip clubs exploit the women because women are being exploited for their for their bodies and, and everything, and that's probably true. But in my experience, going to a strip club as a man, I found I was being exploited as well because they basically exploited the fact that I'm uh, heterosexual and there's so, a certain amount of pressure among heterosexual men to prove that you're not gay because um, I don't know why but that you know uh, that, that's like something you can't be you can't you have to constantly prove that you're a man right and so if you go into a strip club how do you prove that you're a man you have to pay for lots of uh, dances right um, and the, the, the women and the, the club know this as well and so they sort of put a lot of pressure on you to keep paying for more and more dances and if you and you can't say no because why would you say no you know so it's I feel like uh, the heterosexual man's pressure to be a heterosexual man forces him to spend a lot more money in his strip club than he might want to so I actually went when I went I paid for a few dances but then I saw Sort of thought, well, no, I don't really, I don't really want to spend hundreds of pounds on all this. It's great and everything, but ultimately, it's just, it's not real. It's, it's just fake. I can't help thinking it's fake. And so I sat there for a while. You know, I was drinking and I was having fun and everything. But I sat there, and and girls kept coming up to me saying, "Hey, do you want to dance?" And I was like, "Ah, uh, no, I'm all right." And they were like, "Oh, all right then." You know, like sort of trying to make me feel really bad and uncomfortable because I said no. Um, and so lots of pressure for me to like. You know, keep spending my money. Yeah, alright, okay, fine. So there you go, that's my strip club story. So yeah, women might be exploited by it, but men also can be exploited by strip clubs too. Um, yes. Right, time for me to find a place to get myself a refreshing drink, um, and then I'll, I'll carry on in a minute, alright? So I'm just going to have a little walk, and uh, we'll, we'll find something. Tourists into their traps, taking their money, the shirts off their back. Some are in London. Hi, folks. I hope you're managing to keep up with this. I know I know that the uh, sound quality is not perfect. I did warn you at the beginning, didn't I? Um, that's because it's so noisy. The things I'm saying may be getting drowned out. I wonder if you picked up on what just happened. I walked through. Um, Piccadilly, up past a, a venue where I used to do comedy, I talked about a comedian that I saw called Sarah Pascoe, who I think is brilliant. I also um, then walked through some streets in Soho, including that I saw a sex shop. I also saw a couple of uh, dodgy strip club bars. And I talked about how you shouldn't really go into these little places in Soho because they might rip you off. Um, not f speaking from experience, 
Um, I don't have personal experience of going into one of those things. I know that whenever anyone talks about having an embarrassing personal experience, they say, a friend of mine went to this place. Well, in this case, it's true, all right? A friend of mine did go to one of these clubs, and it's like an individual sort of like little bar, and you go in, and apparently you sit down with with a girl at the table, and they have like the prices of, of dances, and they're kind of cheap, but you don't realize that they charge you like a hundred pounds for a glass of uh, uh, like whiskey and coke or something. So these places will rip you off, they con you and so on. So these are dodgy little strip clubs that you've got to be careful of on the back streets of Soho. Watch out for those spots. I also then went into a description of how when I was on a stag do, which is a kind of um, party you go on when a friend of yours is getting married, um, when I went on a stag do and everyone went to a strip club which is a normal thing you do on a stag do in England anyway and I felt like uh, I mean maybe I'm intellectualizing it too much I should have just enjoyed the the show and I sort of did you know I did I did enjoy it but I also couldn't help intellectualizing it uh, thinking well they say that strip clubs exploit the women but I also feel like they exploit the men too and I went into some details about that Um, so if you if you have the patience, you could go back and listen again. Otherwise, let's just carry on and and continue on this quest through London. And um, I think my next task was to try and get something to drink. What a difficult task. It's not like some kind of Lord of the Rings style adventure. No, it's just buying a bottle of water. But let's see. I think that you join me, actually. I think I take you into the shop and you can hear a couple of small exchanges uh, with the, the guy behind the counter. All right, so let's let's carry on. Let's carry on with the uh, walk through Soho. There's a cafe there. I'll go into that. Get myself like a bottle of water or something. That'd be nice. Try not to get run over by cyclists. Um, okay, I'm going to go in. So I'm not going to talk when I'm in. I'm not going to talk to you. I'm going to have my headphones in, but I'm not going to talk to you when I'm in there. So you'll just have to try and work out what's going on. All right? Okay. Guy said, 
was taking my time getting my money out of my pocket and I said I've got a pocket full of I've got a wallet full of euros it's true my wallet's just full of euro coins and the guy said save your money for your holiday which I suppose was an attempt at like a funny joke but it was friendly and I said ha ha I will as you heard so that's just an explanation of what you just heard there alright fine I know where I'm going to go for my lunch. Um, there's, a, there's a street just nearby. No, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what, I'm going to go back to Whole Foods. Because they do really good sushi. So I'm going to get myself some sushi at Whole Foods. And you're going to come with me. Yes, yes you are. Whole Foods, I've talked about it before because they have it in New York. I told you about it um, when I was describing my holiday in New York. So it's an American supermarket chain. Um, and they only have a few of them in England, just a couple in London. And uh, it's worth going in there because they've got a big selection of really good in good products and uh, a lot of it's really healthy stuff. Loads of fresh fruits, good quality sandwiches and, and uh, loads of food that you can just take. It's really good. Um, so I'm going to go there, just walking past some of the strip clubs again. And there's a there's a slightly dodgy looking woman standing outside one of them, trying to make eye contact with me. No, thank you. Not interested. Um, right. So let's find my way back to Whole Foods. Brewer Street again. There's a, there's a great shop on my left here called Snog, and Snog is where you can get frozen yogurt, which is like a, a healthy alternative to ice cream, and um, it's really good actually. Chocolate flavour is the best because it does taste a lot like normal ice cream, but it's kind of guilt-free really. Little cigarette shop on the left selling a wide variety of pipes and smoking apparatus there. Um, so I'm walking back along the road that I came along before. I think I'm going to pause because um, I'm just walking along the same place that I walked along a few minutes ago. So I'm going to pause and then when I get to the cafe I'll, I'll record again. You'll hear my conversation with the people in the cafe, uh, or in Whole Foods, that's it. I'll stop again there. I'll, I'll record again there, and we'll carry on from that point. Okay? Right. Summer in London The weatherman said Waking up late Got to get out of bed So much to do Got to go everywhere A day on the town And not pay the fare just in Whole Foods now, and there's a big queue, I've got my sushi, I'm going to queue up and then I'll record again and it's time for me to buy this stuff. Alright, speak to you in a minute.
you very much. Thank sir. you. I'll put your receipt here. Okay. Have a nice day. Thanks a lot. Cool. banana bar thing for my dessert. So I'm now going to sit down in comfort and in silence and eat my stuff. Okay? I'll catch up with you in a minute once I've eaten. Alright then, good. So at this point, I decided to sit down and scoff my sushi and it was delicious. Comes from the sea, the sushi, the flesh of a dead fish. You chop it up nice and thin, nice and nice. Put it in your mouth, chew it up, swallow it down. Yum, yum, yum. It's a deep sea treat. You know what I'm saying? Boom! Hello there, I'm back again. And uh, it's about probably an hour, hour and a half since I last spoke to you. I had my sushi, it was delicious. I've uh, been to the doctors, got my, uh, got my uh, injections. In fact, I only needed one. I needed uh, typhoid. I think I said that to you at the beginning. So I've had my typhoid injection. A, a nice uh, doctor, a nice uh, middle-aged woman, uh, stuck a needle into my arm. Um, I'm okay with needles basically, although I do always feel a little bit nervous. I don't know why, I'm always just sort of like conscious that someone's about to stick a spike into me. Um, but I'm not, I don't freak out about needles or anything. So that was fine, done, sorted, walked in, needle, boom, injected. I'm okay for typhoid for another few years now. And I have actually listened back to some of the recording that I've done today. And, um, I'm a bit concerned actually, after listening back to it I thought, ah god, you can't hear it properly, you can't hear me, it's too noisy around, I'm not using the right microphone, and you can't hear what I'm saying correctly, so this whole episode might be thrown into the trash bin, because um, it's just not, not clear enough. Um, so, I don't know, I'm going to need to review it at home, I'll get home and I'll stick it on the computer and hear out, listen to it, see how it sounds. But uh, it's quite possible that this won't get published. If it does get published, then I probably will have said something at the front end of the podcast, something like, well, this isn't really good enough quality, but I thought that some of you might like it anyway. Um, and so if, if, uh, if you're really keen to listen to me talking about my walk through London, then you can listen to it. But I understand that the sound quality is not very good and uh, it's too noisy and you probably can't hear everything. Uh, so it's just for those of you who've got patience. If you haven't got the patience, then obviously, you know, don't, don't force yourself to listen to all of it. Um, yes, okay. Uh, I think it's something to do with the headphones. I'm going to try and see what I can do with this headphone to make it point in the right direction. That might make a difference, uh, a slight difference anyway. But okay, even though the sound quality is not very good, I'm going to carry on. So I had my injection and I've just walked down through Mayfair, past lots of expensive shops selling, you know, uh, designer labeled 
clothing and expensive restaurants and things like that. It's, uh, again, the usual crowd walking around London, all the gorgeous girls who uh, uh, are walking past me all the time. It's, uh, and well-dressed gentlemen and things like that. It's very nice. Anyway, um, right, so you're going to join me now as I walk back. And I, I thought that I would pop into Waterstone's bookshop um, in order to uh, see if I can get a gift for my fiance because um, she's the one I'm thinking about, really. So I thought I'd pop through, pop into Waterstone, see if I can find something for her. Um, it's a bookshop, but they sell lots of other stuff too. Um, and uh, that might be a place, a nice place to get something for her. Um, also, she likes the shop Oliver Bonas. Oliver Bonas. So I'm going to see if I can find an Oliver Bonas. There's one in Ballam, actually, in South London, so I'm going to go there. They sell little bits of jewellery, scarves, and accessories and things like that, so I might try and find something for her there. Because, you know, you've got to keep, you've got to, you've got to buy gifts when you're, if I'm away from her, in a special place, then I should buy her something, right? Just to show her that I was thinking about her when I was there. Even though I said a few moments ago that there are attractive women walking around, that's not my fault. <laughs> I can't stop uh, uh, good-looking girls walking around, and, you know, I'm not going to do anything. Um, but anyway, anyway, I'm going to buy her something nicer. Um, so uh, that's what I'm aiming to do. Still walking around Mayfair here. It's just incredible, really, the number of people. Just the number of people in this city. And, and I've only walked through a tiny part of it. I must have walked past thousands of people today. Um, I haven't seen the same person twice. Um, it's really, really crazy living in the city. And the, the, as you can hear, the whole city is just being constructed uh, all around me. It's just um, constantly being knocked down and built up again. Um, it's it's amazing, really, the city. Just uh, just the way it's like this sort of organic thing, which is constantly changing. Um, here we are walking past Morris Sedwell, bespoke tailors, showing off some extremely expensive-looking tailored suits. Very nice stuff. Oswald Boateng on the right there, another tailor, where you can get all your expensive gear. I think I'm walking along. Um, Savile Row. I think this must be Savile Row. Yes, it is. Here I am on Savile Row. This is where the Beatles had their offices for Apple Records on Savile Row. This is where the famous um, Let It Be uh, rooftop concert took place. Uh, just on one of the on the roofs of one of these buildings. That's where the Beatles got together for the very last time and performed live. They performed some uh, songs they'd been practicing and recording in the studio for the Let It Be album. They, I think, they were planning to um, they were planning to do a concert in a really crazy location, like on the top of a mountain or something, or in Egypt in front of the pyramids. In the end, they realised that would be far too expensive and too difficult to achieve. So they um, they just decided to do it on the roof of the building, and it's amazing. You can see it in the movie Let It Be. It's, it's amazing moments. There there they are, you know, despite all of their problems that they've been having, all of the arguments and the fighting and the madness of those times. Um, there they were performing live on top of a roof, and all the you know people in the street below gathering round trying to find out what was going on. Eventually, the police came along. 
um, and they had to stop, they, sh they shut off the electricity. Um, it's a great moment in the story of the Beatles and uh, you can see it all in the Let It Be movie. Um, and that happened right here on this street. Right, so walking through Savile Row generally is known for its quality tailors and there are more of them here. Jeeves and Hawks, Kent and Kerwin. If you're rich and you like high quality tailoring, this is where you would come to get a decent suit cut. Um, there's a, there's a, an art gallery here, the Royal Academy of Arts. Uh, a free gallery where you can see all sorts of modern art installations and things. Again, loads of tourists all around me, you can hear them. Probably speaking a language that's well, a language that you might know. Is that Spanish that we just heard? I'm, I'm not sure, I wasn't listening. Ten Burlington, we've got Burlington paintings that sell 19th and 20th century paintings. Again, if you've got loads of money to spend, this is where you would come to get your shopping done. I'm just going to go and pick up some uh, 19th century art, maybe a £1,000 tailored suit, and maybe after that go and buy a mouse covered in diamonds. Just another day in my ordinary life. Um, more suits, and of course a Starbucks right in the middle of it all. Because rich people drink drink uh, chain coffee as well. Sackville Street. And here we are. I think I might, I might go down Sackville Street. It's a nice alternative to going down uh, Piccadilly. Um, although I think I might miss Waterstones if I do that. Alright, okay, you know what? I'm going to go into this... Right. I've just walked into a, uh, an old-fashioned telephone box. You know those red telephone boxes you see in London? I'm sure you can hear me much better in here now. So these old-fashioned telephone boxes, they still have the telephones in them here, but no one really uses them anymore. And I kind of wonder what, what goes on in these telephone boxes these days. It's usually something dodgy, like um, usually people put posters, little cards for massages and stuff. And there, even now there's like a weird bottle in here. Can you hear that? It's like some sort of weird glass bottle with a sort of uh, spout at the end, a spout at the top and a green, some green tape around it. Now I've never seen a glass bottle like that before in my life. What the hell is that? Just sitting there. Glass bottle, weird spout at the end. It's like the sort of thing that you might use to, to, to put glue on something, but it's made of glass. Really weird and it's empty. I'm not touching it. No, it's not empty. There's some fluid in there. That is so flipping weird. I've absolutely no idea what that is. And I'm not going to touch it because you shouldn't really touch things inside a phone box these days. Anyway, I thought I'd come in here just so I could get a bit of peace and quiet. Oh, look, there's a poo on the floor. <laughs> okay, there's a poo on the floor in here. Um, I've no idea of what origin. I'm not about to find out. In fact, I'm going to get out of this telephone box. They're beautiful on the outside, the telephone boxes. They really are. Uh, they're lovely icons of London. But because no one uses them to make phone calls anymore, instead they're just like these little private boxes um, in the street. And I find...
find that they're good if you're on the telephone to someone, if you're on your mobile phone and it's too noisy, you can come into one of these things and you, you can speak much more clearly. Um, the other th good thing about a telephone box is if you get caught in a shower, if it suddenly starts raining, you can quickly get inside a telephone box and shelter from the rain for a little bit. Uh, but it seems people use them for other purposes as well, like for advertising massage services, uh, for um, doing weird things with um, strange unmarked glass bottles and uh, doing turds on the floor as well. So um, I think that that's all there is to see inside this phone box. Um, I, you know what, just to, just to see if that's a normal telephone box, I'm going to look in the other one too and see if it's a similar story. Um, and then I can just sort of let you know if this one is a normal one or not. Let's have a look at the other one. Right, I'm getting, leaving. And here's another one. Oh, and it's even worse in here. <laughs> okay, all right. Uh, uh huh. All right. So we got um, telephone, which doesn't work anymore. It's broken, and uh, it smells pretty disgusting in here. There's an old chopstick, an old wooden chopstick, just sitting on the on the surface. And there are a few different diff uh, different cards in here. One says, local, lesbian angels, hotel visits available. All right then, fine. Uh, we've got another one, new brunette model, all services, early until late. And all the different types of things that she's willing to do. Sexy young brunette, all services, 24 hours. Okay, I think it's time to leave this uh, phone box. <laughs> I don't know if any of that stuff is, is legal. I mean, the, the, the little cards that you find in both phone boxes. I don't know if any of that's legal or not. But they're always there. They're always in phone boxes. It's, uh, it's pretty weird. It's probably illegal because um, I don't know if you can advertise services like that just in the street or if anywhere, in fact. There you go, just a little glimpse behind the curtain, behind the normal curtain, you know, the, the sort of tourist vision of London. Uh, if you just sort of go behind the curtain slightly, just go into a phone box or walk into, a dark, into an alleyway, then you start to see some of the more sordid aspects of uh, London life. It's not an everyday thing. Most people don't care about that kind of stuff, and neither do I, as you know. But still, it's interesting to explore and to find different aspects. I'm now walking down um, Regent Street again. Um, and you can tell because it's very noisy, as, as it is in many places. And I'm going to make a shortcut um, to get to Piccadilly. I'm going to walk down Swallow Street. Uh, it's just on the right here. It's going to get out of, the, out of the way of all the tourists. Take a right down Swallow Street, which will take me to Piccadilly. Uh, that's Piccadilly the Road. Um, not Piccadilly Circus, so I want to avoid that too. But Piccadilly is also a road. I want to get on there because that's where Waterstones is. And I'm just walking past a, a, a club on the right here called the Gaucho Club. Quite a posh place. Um, keep going. Yeah. I was considering doing some shopping today, like t-shirts, you know, clothing and stuff, and I thought, no, no, I really don't need anything. Very, very easy to get caught in that trap of being in the centre of town and just thinking, I'll do a bit of shopping, and then you end up spending time and spending money on stuff that you don't really need. 
so I, I've decided against that. I did visit Denmark Street, um, which is um, just off uh, Charing Cross Road. Denmark Street's where you find all the guitars, because you know how I feel about guitars and guitar shops. I did, I went and had a look, walked around uh, a bass guitar shop, because I love bass guitars. Um, walked around, looked at all the different instruments, they've got some really nice ones in there. But obviously it's all a bit out of my price range and I can't justify spending a bunch of cash on a guitar. But I've already got guitars, I don't need another one. Um, right, here we are on Piccadilly. Just going to walk along, cross the road and uh, we'll find ourselves in Waterstone's bookshop. It's a great bookshop, there are like three or four floors, maybe more. Just loads and loads and loads of books. There's a huge section for learning English as a foreign language. So if you're interested in buying some good books to help you study English, then you can go to Waterstones in Piccadilly and find the ELT or uh, English language learning section, English language teaching section, and there'll be loads of literature for you, including textbooks, self-help books, grammar books, vocab learning books, business English books, um, and also uh, graded readers, those are like novels which have been simplified and graded to your level of English. They have ones for elementary, pre-intermediate, intermediate, upper intermediate, advanced level, so you could check out them. Wait a minute. Oh, there it is. I thought I'd lost it. I thought it had disappeared, but it's, it's still there, thank goodness. So you can check out Graded Readers. Um, Penguin published them. Penguin Readers. Uh, oh, hello. Is that who I think it is? Or is it just someone who looks like him? I just saw a guy in an open-top sports car drive past me, and I had a good look at him, and I swear it looked just like Ed Nor Edward Norton. You know the movie star Edward Norton? It looked exactly like him, and he was driving an expensive car. Uh, he looked like a movie star. I thought, was that Edward Norton? But uh, I think it was just someone who looked like him. But in London, you often do bump into celebrities. In fact, just earlier today, I was walking along uh, near the BBC, um, and I was walking behind a famous radio DJ called Joe Wiley. I thought, oh, hello, it's Joe Wiley. You know, I didn't, I didn't go up to her and ask for her autograph. No, I'm not too cool for that. Okay, here we are now at Waterstones Bookshop, and uh, there's loads of people all around me. But I'm going to keep, uh, I'm going to keep talking to you anyway. They might think I'm on, the, on a mobile phone, um, but uh, I'm going to try and avoid people as much as possible because I don't want to embarrass myself. Um, I love being in a, in, a, in a bookshop. I just love the smell, you know? I love the smell of new books. It's just really nice. It's a lovely smell. It smells kind of fresh and it's just like the smell of knowledge. You know what I mean? Uh, so I'm looking around at all the books here. This is the best of entertainment section. And we've got a book called George Clinton and the Cosmic Odyssey of the P-Funk Empire. Wow, what a brilliant book. It's a book all about George Clinton and the P-Funk movement. P-Funk, yeah. There, there was, George Clinton was in a group called Parliament, and he was in another group called uh, Funkadelic. They're one of the greatest uh, funk bands that has ever existed. George Clinton, you should know who he is. And that's a book all about him. I bet that's a great book. I'd like to read it. Maybe I'll buy it. 
George Clinton stands alongside James Brown, Jimi Hendrix and Sly Stone as one of the most influential artists to emerge from the 1960s, set against a backdrop of black power, socio-cultural revolutions and epic drug consumption. The book charts Clinton's seven-decade career from barbershop doo-wop to redefining the funk with his legendary mothership extravaganzas before his spectacular fall and subsequent solo career. Hmm, well it's a hardback, you know, it's a hardback book and um, you know me, I like books is that, that I can stick in my pocket. I can't put that in my pocket, it's too big so I'm not going to buy it but maybe when it comes out on a uh, paperback version I'll get it. Um, there's loads of other, there's just loads of other books here. The Rules of Acting, Love Goes to Buildings on Fire is a story about the band Talking Heads. Um, Alright, I'm going to keep moving because uh, people are around me, they might think I'm a bit odd if I'm talking to myself. Uh, a section for Haru Haruki Murakami, the Japanese author, he's going to be in this shop on the 30th of August at 11am signing his new book. And here's a copy of Catch-22 by Joseph Heller, I mentioned him on the podcast recently, great book. Let's see, I should try and find something for my lovely fiance. Uh, that's why I've come in here. So I'm going to just pause um, so I can just go on my gift buying mission and I'll speak to you again soon. I think that we're nearly at the end. Um, and I think once, I, once I've done, once I'm finished here, I'm going to get on the underground and that's where we'll finish this episode. Maybe I'll finish by just sort of talking to you a little bit. At, uh, a Stockwell station just to make the circle complete, but for now I'm just going to pause, buy a gift, and I'll see you, I'll speak to you uh, in a bit, alright? Bye for now. business at uh, Waterstones, I found a little special something, and now I'm going to head back to Victoria Station, taking the same route that I took to get here, um, and um, I'll get on the underground, and then I'll wish you a goodbye for now, alright, so let's see, I'm just going to sort of try and battle the crowds and get through everyone and get back to, uh, get back to Stockwell. And uh, when I get on the other side, I'll give you a farewell. All right, as I said, I'm not sure if uh, this is even going to get published, but I thought I might as well finish it off, you know. Um, couldn't uh, just, just leave it hanging without finishing it, could I? No, I've got to start what I intended to finish. No, that doesn't make sense. I've got to start what I intended to finish and then finish it. That's better. Okay. Alright, so um, I'll catch up with you again when I'm on the, the other side of the river. Okay? Right, bye for now. A place in the city where I can go sometimes to get on a so here I am at Stockwell Station again, just got off the tube and uh, had an ice cream on the way through uh, St James's Park, that was very nice, lovely way to uh, wind down a pleasant afternoon in London, nice little uh, 
and they call it a 99 flake which is a sort of uh, whipped ice cream in a cone with a, a chocolate flake in the top. Yum, yum, yum. I recommend that you have one if you're in town. Just say, uh, can I have a, a 99 flake, please? And uh, they'll whip it up for you from the machine in front of you and cost you about two pounds or something. And uh, it's a nice little uh, treat. Just be careful because they do melt rather quickly. Right, still in the noisy underground network. I'll be getting out of this in a minute. Just have to hold on to the microphone to try and mask it from this uh, from the sound of this train. So I'm just going to walk with you out of the underground station. Oh, there's loads of people getting off that train. Loads of people. Suddenly, got a big crowd of people around me. All right, got to keep moving nice and quick. Get out of the station. Don't get in, in anyone's way. Gonna get my Oyster card ready in a minute. Hello. Bit of wind. Okay, can you hear people around me? I dare say you can. Lots of people are getting off work now. Right, let's get on the escalator and get out of here. Okay, here we go. Everybody's standing on the right, like good citizens. I like to walk up the stairs just to get out of here nice and quick. All the posters on the walls are next to the escalator. And we're on the surface. Get the oyster card out. Hear the sound of the gates there. Alright. Alright, we're through. So that's pretty much the end of this episode. Um, mission accomplished. I did what I set out to do, but uh, no idea if this is uh, audible. I I imagine from from what I listened to earlier on, you might not be able to hear it. Um, so if I did upload this, um, that means. Well, I suppose that means that I decided it was almost good enough. Uh, if you listened all the way to the end of this episode, well done. Uh, because I expect it was a little bit difficult to hear everything I said. So well done for sticking through all the way to the end. Uh, oh, it's all busy here. It's rush hour now. Police cars racing past, traffic, loads of cyclists. Just rush hour in London. It's like this all over the city, I expect, at this point. Just suddenly full of life and activity, everyone rushing around. Um, yeah, so, okay, well done for getting all the way to the end of this episode. Um, I think I'm going to talk to you until I get to the door of the apartment. As I said, just to kind of bring this podcast round to full circle. Um, London is a great place on a sunny day. And if you're thinking about visiting, then go for it. A bit expensive, but there are so many things to do. Uh, They say, you know, if you're tired of London, you're tired of life. And I I agree with that. Um, Right, so the lights have changed. We're all walking across the street here. And um, making a beeline for the apartment building in which I'm staying. 
and uh, just rushing across the road before the lights change. Okay, and we're gonna make it. We're gonna make it. We're gonna make it. Okay, made it to the other side. Right, I've, in fact, I don't have much time to, to rest now. I'm going to get in, maybe change my t-shirt because I'm a bit sort of hot and sweaty, uh, pick up the guitar and uh, head straight back out again because then it's time for band practice and we're practicing from 7 until midnight tonight, five hours in the studio. Last night we bashed through versions of Get Lucky by Daft Punk, uh, Valerie by Zootons and Amy Winehouse, um, La Bamba, that classic Latin American hit, uh, Johnny Be Good by uh, uh, what's his name? Chuck Berry. We're in. Uh, it's Your Thing by the Isley Brothers, and a number of other hits that we're going to carry on with. Cousin Oliver is in the band, my brother Jim on drums, and me on bass and vocals. Okay, right, I think it's time to end this episode of Luke's English Podcast as I walk up the stairs towards the front door of this apartment that I'm staying in. Thanks very much again for listening to Luke's English Podcast, and I'll speak to you again very, very soon, but for now, it's goodbye. Bye. Thanks again for listening to Luke's English Podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.co.uk. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. If you enjoyed this episode of Luke's English Podcast, consider signing up for Luke's English Podcast Premium. You'll get regular premium episodes with stories, vocabulary, grammar and pronunciation teaching from me and the usual moments of humour and fun. Plus, with your subscription, you will be directly supporting my work and making this whole podcast project possible. For more information about Luke's English Podcast Premium, go to teacherluke.co.uk slash premium info.